egg whites in one whole egg. You do what? Sorry. A quarter cup of egg whites in one whole egg. Why? Why don't you just do two or three whole eggs? Because I like the egg whites. They make me fuller. And um, I usually do like two or three pads of butter for more fat. Anyway. I do yeah. that too. Well, maybe not. I do like a, I do like a English omelet or a French omelet. Oh yeah. It's a ton of butter. But yeah, that, yeah, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make any sense though. If you, if you, egg whites, how can, if you have egg whites alone, yeah. minus the yolk, I feel like if yeah. you had the yolk, it'd make you fuller because you add the yolk as opposed to taking it out. No? Well, I don't eat like a ton of meat. So just trying to up like a very simple source of protein, mm -hmm. like I put them in my oatmeal also. Eggs? Yeah. Egg whites. Egg, egg whites. whites. Okay. Egg whites. I mean, I'm sure eggs, like a, like a savory oatmeal, I could fuck with that too. Mm. Like yeah. you like plop, plop it right in the middle and like a runny yolk. Mm, that sounds great. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. You know what? By the way, this might be the teaser because I thought it was funny that we started talking about egg yolks. But I mean, I love food. It's like literally yeah. all, all I think about. All you do is cook food. All I do is eat and then run and then think about what I'm going to eat again and there then train go. and then think about what I'm going to eat again. Do, do you do you eat to run or run to eat? Oh, I run to eat. One thousand. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah, the more the more I run, the harder I run, the more I can eat and like the more I can splurge when I eat. But, but I that's a good or bad way to look at it. You know, it's like. It doesn't have to be either or, and I don't yeah, like yeah. to think of like, oh, I'm going to have a cheat day or I splurge. Like I eat sugar every day. Yep. I know I'm addicted to it and like, mm -hmm. I don't need to feel bad about it, you know? Yep. Yeah. No, I think I have, yeah, I usually like, if I'm not baking, uh, I don't, I don't have like cookies. If my cookie jar isn't full, I'll have, I'll have like a lot of uh, like peanut butter cups or like the organic peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's. Or, oh, okay like, you know what you need to fuck with do you like almond butter yeah okay almond butter pretzels are oh. they come in the orange bag yeah they're yeah. kind of a newer addition to trader joe's um i call it tj snack emporium because they just have like the craziest fucking snacks yeah yeah and, like i don't need to go anywhere else to find yeah. happiness except yeah, nah. that guy you go to that one aisle. Yeah, I was just about to say, you go to that one aisle and you'll be yeah. set. No, so, okay, well, so I'm a vegetarian. That's one thing. And then, oh, okay. but I eat, I try to eat as healthy as possible, even when I splurge. So like when I say, like I'll eat, I'll eat cookies on deck or whatever, but because I bake them myself. So I do everything from scratch and the more organic I can get, the better. So even when I do cheat meals, it's still like all natural X, Y, and Z like pretzels right. I feel like is a hard that's like borderline natural but not natural you know like as processed as you're gonna go yeah 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 yeah. so like yeah, I try to avoid as much processed foods as I can even when I do have a cheat day or a cheat meal or a cheat snack but um no. I, that's just me though kudos to you I'm like I'm not a vegetarian but I I would say like 70 percent of my diet comes from plants mm -hmm. that's just how i eat it's how i feel good mm -hmm. um however 
I would say at least once a month on a Friday. Specifically on a Friday? Yeah, because my Friday nights are packed. I teach, I usually have like a client, two classes, and then another client. And then I'm Mm -hmm. like wiped by like fucking 8.30 p.m. So like, instead of like going to the bar and like having a cocktail, which I like sometimes partake in, but that's not really my shtick. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to Popeye's and I'm getting a chicken sandwich and uh, some French fries. Yeah, I'm not above that. And I'm like, sure, I don't feel fucking fantastic the next day, but it served my soul better than, you know. It fills your stomach and warms your heart. And that's all that really matters. Sometimes you got to do that. So I, I do, I just like realized this, that I have been doing, uh, p- every, like pizza every Friday night. Oh, That's yeah. my, yeah. Every, every Friday night is or stay in, order in pizza and then get ready for a Saturday long run. And that's I mean, my have good pizza. What's that, the deal? That's not bad. That's not bad. It's pretty okay. good. There are, there are like two, two spots that I'll order from. But again, it's like, I have to call, I'm that guy, unfortunately, I'm not that bad, but I am that guy that I'll call and be like, hey, do you make your pizza dough from scratch? And I just need to hear them say yes. Even if they're lying, I just, frozen, like, no, they get it frozen or, yeah, or even um, sometimes like depending on, like they might have it shipped or like ordered from somewhere else that makes the the pie crust or like the, the dough. And depending on where that's coming from, then I'm like, eh, maybe not. But if they make it in-house and like they have a, a brick oven or something like that, then I'm like, okay, they might be more legit, more natural, more traditional. And like, then I'll, I'll give them a try. Um, right. For example, like there was, there's this like bar down the street, like a dive bar. And I was on the fence about ordering pizza from them. Long story short, I did called I called well first I called and asked, hey, do you make your pizza dough from scratch? They said, yes. I ordered their pizza. It got yeah and then I tried it and then I was like nah like this is not this is not it this is not good you can tell the difference between them making it from scratch versus versus like ordering somewhere else or it not being less it being not fresh right well there are two things I'll say to that first off as a self-proclaimed pizza connoisseur okay self-certified self-certified I mean Mm -hmm. have you seen the tat oh wow oh wow you know oh, we can go through tattoos now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the only one I have, actually. So that's the only uh, tattoo that you have? It's I just got it this summer. Are you serious? And it's a pizza one? Wow. That oh, you're a hardcore. Pizza probably before running did, honestly. Um, but so I used to work at Roberta's in Bushwick, which okay. is like the pizza spot that put Bushwick on the map like 10 years ago. Okay. And um I was at, they had a bakery and I was a part of the, the baking team. I was part of the bread program, mm. but they do naturally leaven crust, which is like, you can't like, pizza is one of the things that I won't, like, I'm not going to go get a dollar slice. I'm sorry. There's too oh, okay. much pizza. Uh-huh. Like, I know it's going to satiate and be delicious, like moment of, but mm. I would rather stop and like, really really get something worth the calories yeah. you know yeah okay um hold on you know what no let's let's i'm not even gonna cut this this is this we're okay. recording the episode as we speak all right okay. this is uh wait i don't have my headphones on is this okay it. it's fine yeah it should be fine um okay. i mean yeah it, it it's it's okay it sounds it sounds fine um okay. 
Yeah, you know what? Let's just do, I'll do this. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today is the one person I feel needs no introduction, so I'm not even going to bother, and we've already <laughs> dived right into this episode, uh, Sasha Fierce, Sasha Handel, is that how you say your last yeah. name? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, cool, good. But you will forever know her as the face of the latest New York City Marathon, um, sun's out, tongue's out, Sasha Fierce. <laughs> Pizza connoisseur, you heard it here first. First tattoo ever, pizza tattoo. This is you. That's great. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. You don't even need one. I feel like everyone in New York City knows who you are. Yeah, if there is any, if there is one person in this city, in the running community who needs no introduction, it would be you. I mean, I'm flattered that you think that because that's a, that's a pretty wild statement to hear someone else say about you. I think, I think it's true, dude. I mean, yeah, I th- honestly think it's true. Um, okay. So how are you doing? How's your day going? You know, it's, it's a typical Friday. I get up early. I have an entire pot of coffee. I go entire train. Entire pot? Yeah. Entire well, pot, like, I do, literally? I, you know, <clears throat> I do a French press, so mm. I believe the measurements are maybe like a three cup cylinder situation. Okay. So yeah, I do the, I, I do the whole thing. 1000. Nice. Yeah. Are you, are, do you need, do you drink coffee every day and do you feel like you need it to start your day? I do drink coffee every day and I don't know if it's necessarily the caffeine that I need to start my day, more so the ritual of getting up. Mm. I'm a super slow mover, um, or as Thomas would call me, a pitter-patterer. Like, I just find shit to do. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, I think I need to water my plants now. And I, my time management is not the best in the morning. <laughs> you're, you're, you're slow moving, except for when, when you're crushing marathons and <laughs> running super fast. Outside of running, you're a slow mover. That's so interesting. Balance yeah. is key, I guess. It's actually kind of hilarious that you um, juxtapose it that way because I like I worked in kitchens for like a very brief stint, and like you utilize time doing something else as a timer for your next move. And mm-hmm. so, like the water is boiling for my coffee, and I'm like, great, I got three minutes to brush my teeth and wash my face oh wow like the coffee is steeping in the hot water I'm like great I got exactly four minutes to go make my bed yeah yeah and so like that but like those small little like checkpoints are mm-hmm. like I think uh kind of lend themselves to like a bigger way of keeping me on fucking schedule for the rest yeah. of the day you know yeah 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 that's so funny you know what I, I, I thought about that the other day it's because I found myself proactively doing something else like multitasking yeah. for example you say like the kitchen the perfect example that I could give although I've never formally worked in a kitchen yeah. um, when I'm cooking or I'm making something to eat like let's say I'm making toast and the timer is set to three minutes yeah. I'll find myself like cleaning up the apartment a little bit going to right. feed shade get myself yeah. a glass of water getting set up for like the meal I'm about to make or like something like that. that so I'll I proactive I won't just stand around and not do anything for three minutes I'll definitely right. be as proactive as possible and doing what I can and utilizing those three minutes I mean it's like you only get 
24 hours in a day. And I think maximizing your time is like Mm. essential to being able to dedicate yourself to the things that you want to do. I don't think you need to jam pack every moment because that's like, that can be like really daunting as -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Like there are certain things that I know I need to do in the morning and like making coffee and like, I brush my teeth before I have coffee because of this crazy article I read about the tartar that like Mm. you do the tartar and then the acidicness of the coffee just like burns through the tartar. And then you just like rub that all over your, and I'm like, really like having nice white teeth. (laughs) So I'm like, we're going to brush before the black coffee. Oh man. Have you ever had braces? Um, so technically, yes. Technically, my, how how can it be technically and not technically? Either you my, had braces or or you didn't. I did. I had Invisalign for like. Okay. Okay. Hours. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I don't think. No, I would count that not as the traditional braces. I think Invisalign is its own category. Okay. Because I, I had there Invisalign. I had Invisalign too. So yes. It's a technicality. Technicality. Um. Right. Yeah, my cousin <laughs> used to make fun of me <laughs> for having this big ass. Can I curse? Sorry. I'm yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's fine. I, I say I don't, I don't even know. I gotta look it up. I might do. do I, it I might just leave it. I'll refrain to the best of my ability, but okay. uh, I have a I have a the mouth of a sailor. So, um, my cousin used to make fun of me about this gap that I had between my teeth, my two mm-hmm. front ones, and she'd yeah. be like, "You get like seven cheeses in there, like really like traumatic mm-hmm. stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I begged my dad to get me Invisalign, and they're painful. Like oh, no one yeah. tells you that they're like these little brackets of plastic that are moving your teeth around while you sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like really not enjoyable. So yeah. I like did it and then I like fell off. Like, you know, I was mm-hmm. a teenager. I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. But yeah, long story short, that that was it. <laughs> same. You see, same. So like my teeth weren't really messed up or didn't need too much work. It was I had a little gap in in like the front of my mouth or my teeth and that was that's all that needed i wanted to get it and clean it up and that's what it is now um so very similar like the gap can't that ain't it yeah i mean i don't think i think it was more of a self-conscious thing growing up like similar to you probably getting a little made fun of from time to time and it was just like eh. and also like um yeah, I don't know. Like I, I was just, uh, I think I'm still awkward, but I was probably more awkward or more less than self-aware or ha- had lacked confidence when I was younger. Um, sure. when it came to like, a, when it came to appearances, when it came to sports yeah. and athletics or academics, things like that, other things I was confident in myself on, but appearances was one thing that I think growing up, a lot of kids deal with. And I think I was one of them that also just had some self-doubt growing up like, but right. everyone does. It's not like a sob story is everyone has that thing. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely think I was a late bloomer in terms of like coolness, cool, Cool. feeling (laughs) self-confident, feeling athletic, like, and look at you now, the face of the New York city marathon, you're out here bar classing, doing a whole bunch of fitness stuff. You're like, I, I think I've seen you more of anybody in the running game being like the advocate for a number of different things. Can we talk about that? Like what, what yeah. all that let's actually, you know what, before, hold that thought before we get into it, I, I am so curious to learn more about your kitchen experience what, oh, yeah. and even that you worked at a pizzeria. So like, what was your, um, restaurant experience cooking in the like kitchen, walk me through all that. And those <laughs> stories I want to know. Okay. Um, I will give you 
the food saga in its briefest form. So I uh, lived in San Francisco. I went to college mm. there and then I stayed post-college for maybe like eight, seven or eight years. Um, and so I worked as a server at a pizza restaurant and that kind of spawned my love for food and Southern Italian food specifically, um, Napoleon style pizza specifically, Neapolitan. I would say Napoleon as a joke. Sometimes it comes out. Neapolitan. Uh, you're about to get blown up in the comments from real gonna, authentic people. Yeah. I know y'all, I know y'all. Um, um, and, uh, and then I went to Italy for a brief really stint and I worked on a garden slash farm and like literally ate every type of pizza wow. to provide me and so like basically I just like fell in love with like eating food locally like cooking with the barest simplest but most like delicious ingredients and then fast forward um a couple of years later I started at a an Irish coffee shop in San Francisco doing the most basic of baking, like muffins, scones, cookies. We made whipped cream. I'm The most mm. like advanced thing we did was make butter, which is literally when you let the whipped cream go too long mm -hmm. yeah. and it turns into butter. <laughs> yeah. So it was like more of like, oh, I made a mistake and now we have to salvage it. Um, but yeah, I was doing that um, when I was first getting into fitness and then Came to New York and my first job was actually at a bakery in the Lower East Side called Supermoon. Um, and they were all classically trained in pastry. Mm -hmm. uh, went to culinary school, which I had no experience doing. Um, it was very serious and I just basically was not up to snub and like could not be what they needed me to be. Wow. So, um, and that's like around the time I started working for Berries, and then that's when I worked at Roberta's, which is a pizza restaurant, but I didn't work on the pizza line. So I'm not a cook nor a chef. I wouldn't even say I'm a baker, but I did bake. Mm -hmm. And there are very different things because when you're a cook, you make things to order. There is this like overwhelming sense of urgency that things need to be out and you have to, like a continuous motion. Mm -hmm. and not that the same can't be said with baking, but I'm not like, like I'm taking my time, we're letting the bread proof, we're shaping it, we're proofing it again, we're making sure the oven is at the perfect temperature. Like that is all more of a, a time sensitive, but in a longer. Yeah, you have a little bit of a lead time when you're baking versus yeah. cooking, like ordering, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, right, so that's, wow. that's that. <laughs> oh, so how did you get, well, one of my one of my dream vacations, probably the number one on my bucket list is, to go on a cooking tour throughout mm. Italy. Oh yeah. Like Italy is my number one go-to spot that I, I absolutely have to go to ASAP. And then I wanna just tour across Italy, cooking, learning how to cook, farm to table, every, you name it. Like I just want to immerse myself in the culinary experience in Italy. That is my dream vacation. I think that sounds like you should make it happen very soon because oh, of yeah. some done like a mini version of that it is like the best so so how did you how did you like that experience and how did you end up just going to Italy and then having that journey like what what did, what did you sign up for what was your plan like how did that happen um for you um so I worked at this southern Italian restaurant very small enterprise 
back in San Francisco and like um, California has the best produce, you know, we have like mm. Northern Valley, we have the San Joaquin Valley, like we have incredible produce. And so just getting to learn about different varietals and like turned on to produce and like X, Y, and Z. I, after working there was just like, wow, I like really love pizza and I really want to know like where it came from and what the people are like that like really pour their heart into making something so simple and so delicious mm -hmm. like for years and centuries. Uh, so I went to Naples and um, I went through a program called, the acronym is WOOF. Uh, so it's worldwide opportunities on organic farms. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that I know, right? It's a mouthful. Wolf just makes sense, a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sounds sexy to just say wolf. Um, and people will know. They're like, oh, you were wolfing. And I'm like, yeah, I was totally wolfing. <laughs> it's like kind of a funny joke. Um, so you basically, it's almost like a a, a work exchange program. So mm. I found this wonderful host her name is Ana Maria she lived in a very small town in the southern tip of Naples um called Rocarainola and she would be really upset if I did not pronounce it like that <laughs> and they would call it Roca for short and so I was there for a little over a month um basically working on her vegetable garden and tending to her citrus orchard and in exchange, I would get to live there and eat there. Mm. So uh, Monday through Friday, we worked from like eight to four. I'd go for a run. And then on the weekends, I'd go travel around. Nice. Yeah. So I've looked into a few of those programs like that, that you go and work and then you have your your housing paid for, your food meals paid for, and then you work Monday to Friday, and then you have like the weekends to yourself. You get a little bit of a paycheck. Like I've looked at those programs, but always have doubted their, um, like, what is it? Like that they are a real thing. Like legitimate? You know I mean? Legit, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so woofing is like, I'm not sure what the exact term is, but it's like certified like nonprofit organization. Okay. Um, and so essentially what happens is you open up dialogue with, they provide a platform for which you can then open up dialogue or through which you can then open up dialogue through your host. So like the host writes a blurb about themselves. Like my name is Sasha. Mm -hmm. I have a farm where we only grow tomatoes so that I can make pizza. And like, here's what like the workload looks like. Here's what the work hours look like. Here's where I'm located. Shoot me a message if you're interested. And then you mm -hmm. can like do that. Mm -hmm. um, but you, I think if I remember correctly, you have to pay into the organization to have access to that platform. Okay. Okay. And you can do this anywhere, like mm -hmm. anywhere in Europe, anywhere in Asia, anywhere, you can even do it in the United States if you want to. Mm. So That's I can't vouch for woofing as a legitimate. Legit. Cool. <laughs> yeah. no, I've never met anyone who's actually, who has done it, which is great. So now I'm definitely going to reconsider and make a note of it and definitely try I to. Look, with my host. She's probably still oh yeah, that'd be so yeah. cool. You know what? But honestly, I feel like the second I visit Europe or like I go international, I'm not going to want to come back to the States. 
I firmly wholeheartedly believe that, that as soon as I get a taste of like another culture, then I'm going to want to immerse myself in that atmosphere for as long as possible. Have you never been anywhere abroad? No. Yeah. Well, I lived in Japan for a few years, visited okay. China, uh, yeah. no- North America, Canada, South America, Mexico, Guatemala. So like it's, I've that, been to nowhere in Europe, but nowhere in Europe. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Europe is different. So yeah, that's what I, again, I was supposed to go to Paris last year, um, yeah. ho- hoping to try to go, but I think on my list of things to do and plan for next year, for sure, I'll be traveling to Europe. Like I want to go to Italy, Berlin, maybe the UK. Um, I have like Paris, I have a few spots that I want to go to and we'll make it a priority to do that next year. Oh yeah. I love that. Um, cool. Berlin, so- I do. I love Berlin. Oh, did you run a Berlin marathon? No, dude, I just started running. Don't lie. Okay, you know what? We'll, <laughs> Chicago was literally that. my first marathon ever. And you ran like sub three? You ran the, the, what did you run? Oh, that's so funny. It's like almost embarrassing because everyone's like, oh, you did sub three. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And now I have to tell you that I ran slower. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no, no, you know, we, we don't got, let's not talk about it yet. Okay. Because what, what so you mentioned even when you were, you're backpacking throughout Italy and you had this whole fun experience that you were running, you would wake up work or run and then work. And so walk me through your athletic background, how you got into running and we'll start there. And then I want to dive into your move from San Francisco to New York, how you got involved with instructing and fitness, but let's go like all the way back to you growing up your history in athletics and sports. Who was Sasha, the athlete, when you were younger? <laughs> LOL, because Sasha, the athlete, was not an athlete. Like, <laughs> not even, people are, like, really, like, flabbergasted when I tell them this. But, mm-hmm. like, I mean, again, I'll give you the most abridged version as possible. Um, and I think I just, like, have to start with, like, I am first-generation Latina American. Mm-hmm. So, like in Latino culture, like the more well-fed and like plump you are is mm. like, like an indicator of like your wealth. Like, I mm. mean, you're eating good, you're living better, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think like my mom just like, I don't remember like a ton of vegetables being on the table. And I definitely don't remember doing anything physical. Like I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was 15. I was going to say, like, <laughs> this year. Like, I didn't know. No. I've never read no, the city like bike that. was my first bike experience. Like, oh, my God. Can you imagine? That'd be yeah. Awesome. Uh, but, no. So, like, like, yeah, definitely not an athlete. Um, I was, like, a softball player in high school. And I'm not even really sure why. So, what, but- what, what were your interests and passions, if not in sports? What were you doing when you were younger? I was in show choir. <laughs> uh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. That I wasn't good. I about it. <laughs> I was not good. I mean, okay. to this day, like, I love to sing, but I am so bad at it. I was going to say, like, when are we ever going to get blessed oh, with no. the I singing mean, capabilities? So, like, just to, like fast forward a tiny bit like I specifically curate my playlist for every race Mm -hmm. and definitely for my marathons because when I sing or when I rap or I can like mouth the words to a song it helps me Mm -hmm. to control my breath okay 
Um, and I just find that as a really useful tactic, but like, I will like, I mean, I remember Chicago mile 10, like look alive by Drake mm -hmm. and block, 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 J block boy. And anyways, I was just like going off and these white people around me, excuse me. I love white people, but like, they're just like, what is happening? Like this little brown girl is like rapping and running past me. And I don't understand what what exactly and what is, is happening yeah yeah it was it was pretty funny um but anyways yeah so no athletic background um went to college at sf state still no athletic background <laughs> what did you study um i studied sociology and economics oh cool um yeah weird i i was uh initially an international business major because it just sounded mm. cool yeah, yeah. And so I had all of these like math slash econ classes built up towards that major. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. when I was like, I don't want to wear a suit. I don't want to go into an elevator every morning, like third eye open because I was in like hippy dippy ass San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a like sociologist. Like we're going to change the world type of thing. So I got all like grassroots, but I had all these classes and my parents paid my entire way through school. Um, I was privileged enough to have them do that. And so I was like, I can't waste their money and just be like, I'm switching because I feel like it. So I put the some of those classes towards an econ minor. Okay. And okay. I ended up with that. Um, but basically, I'd like run a little bit. There's this lake around SF State called Lake Merced that I'd run around. Um, my high school boyfriend who I carried into college with me was a track runner. And so I think mm -hmm. maybe dating him kind of like segued into just a little bit of a glimpse into the world of running. I was not good at it though, at all. Um, and then uh, my, I had a roommate about midway through college who had transferred from um, a JV or not a JV, a junior, junior university. College. Yeah, JC, my bad. Um, and she and I had gone to middle school together. And so she moved in with me, transferred to SF state and she was like a big into weightlifting. So she's kind of a gym rat hmm. and she's like, I'm going to take you to the gym and I'm going to like teach you how to do this. And I was like, yeah, how do I lift a weight? What's a dumbbell? What's a squat? And then like, I think I was also like going through this like renaissance of like, I had best friends um that are still my best friends to this day um Jeanette and Yadi they will love that I'm plugging them in as like my hot city model as friends that literally didn't have to do anything to look that good mm. and like I was like damn I'm sure I'm kind of chubby I'm not athletic <laughs> and I was like hmm, sounds like I should probably work on myself a little bit and I think that was just like there was a turning point in college where obviously like the impetus was all vanity. Like I was like, oh, I need to look better. I need to be skinnier. I need to be hotter. Like this is dumb. So she helped me start lifting weights. And then I just like would go to this like little cellar gym that was on campus and I'd like run on the treadmill and I'd like lift weights. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. And like saw my body change. And uh, that was like really when I got physically active was like in the mm. middle of college. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of a late bloomer when it came to fitness. 
Oh yeah. It's that's kind of, that's so interesting. How, do you say, would you say that you can like fluctuate your body? Like you're not just weight, but like muscle, um, slim, like so for example. So for me, um, my history in athletics was in martial arts and football, but throughout like half of my athletic, I guess, history, my body has fluctuated so much, especially when I stopped competing in martial arts and I pursued football, depending on the year, middle school, high school, college, depending on what position I was specializing or I was playing primarily, like I could just as easily put on weight as I can taking it off. And it's right. a matter of like discipline, training, what I'm eating, my workouts are. And I can, I can just as easily from like summer to winter, just in a season, change my, like my body structure and physicality or like my physique. I can yeah. change it so easily. And I'm wondering if it's that similar to you. Like, can your body fluctuate in muscle mass, fitness, tone, you name it? Is that something that you've experienced yeah. or no? Um, yeah, the fluctuation in terms of gaining weight that's easy <laughs> i'm like okay. you like i have the appetite of someone seven times as bigger than me mm. and so like i was i would say primarily a strength trainer and like i maybe now i'd have to say running could be a little bit of a larger part of my identity but only mm. now mm. Uh, for the last eight plus years. I mean, strength training, barbell squats, heavy ass deadlifts, like trying to do things where I'm upping the weight constantly. I'm not like a one rep max. Like I'm not a crossfitter. Mm. I'm a, like a functional trainer, but it always included lifting very heavy weight. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who knows a little bit about strength, strength training, muscle weighs more than fat. Mm. So I've always been like slightly fluffy. Like I've never been like a super tone slim Duh. person. No, but like, and then put that on top of muscle. Like, like, I mean, you can look, look at these bad boys. Like, <laughs> I, hold on, hold on. I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm, maybe I'll tease this one out. Like this will be the post that we threw on social. Yeah, just look at the guns. You're flexing so hey. hard. Yep, there you go. Wow. For these babies. I, I didn't uh, even buy, I didn't even buy tickets to the gun show. This is a free <laughs> show for me and the public. Here we go, right here. No permit necessary. Wow, I just say, yeah, do you have, a, do you have a permit to carry both of those things? Wow, that's so lame. Um, but yeah, so I mean, to answer your question, it's very easy for me to put on weight. It's actually, really, it's not like super difficult, but once I started running, mm -hmm. uh, that was when I started to notice a, like a really big shift in a, a decrease in mass in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and I think initially, like, it, damn, I'm like sitting at home thinking about food and then eating and thinking about food. And there's no like... I'm running to the train station or going up the stairs or like teaching a million classes. So like my activity level was so much lower. My mm. food intake was higher. And I was like, how does one offset this? Okay. Let's go for a run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As that's one thing that I've noticed as a runner now, being able to call myself a runner, I think as active as I stay now, because I've built up this consistency, like I run every day and like my habits are pretty consistent. Like my, my, I'm at this physical, at this state of, of what can I say? Like physical form, I'll mm -hmm. probably be for a while because I've built up this consistent effort and like how I run, like my effort levels, how I work out, like I will probably be this size 
for a while. Does that make sense? This is so weird. How do you just, like just five, because 5 a.m. eight miler every day on the dot like clockwork? I've heard that about you. Did you know that I do that? Yeah, that's it, uh, yeah. No, a lot of people I do don't a little know, bit of research. <laughs> you I probably, mean, you probably do more prep than I do. do that, but kudos to you. So, okay, so let's late bloomer in athletics and fitness. So, even in college, when you were, let's say, starting in the weight room and you started to run, when did you know? that you wanted to dive headfirst into fitness because now you're an instructor. Are you like some background, you're a personal trainer, a professional eater as your Instagram would say. So like, yeah. when did you know that you wanted to dive right into fitness and athletics and like walk me through that experience and that journey? Um, how was that for you? Sure. Uh, there was no light bulb. There was no like beautiful epiphany. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the journey. This is what mm. I've been waiting for. Uh, no, I, um, <laughs> I had a friend in college who worked at, I went to SF state. Um, mm. but I lived close to UCSF, which is another university. It's a medical school and it's also a hospital. And so I met someone from SF State who worked at the gym. It's like, think about it as like a big, like, I don't know if you're familiar with like a 24 hour fitness mm -hmm. or like, basically mm -hmm. like the on-campus gym. It's open to the public. It's open to like any staff from the hospital. It's open to the students. Um, but it was like literally a mile away from where I lived. And so mm -hmm. one day he was like, hey, um, like you, you don't like SF state ended up being a little bit further away. Um, mm. and he was, you ever want to come to the gym when I'm here, come through, I'll let you in for free. So I'm literally like crashing this gym. Like, and then I just like get so like into it that I'm like hitting him up every day. And I'm like, yo, can I come work out? Yeah. And so I started taking these group fitness classes there. Um, this one specifically was called grit and it's like a 30 minute high intensity, choreographed situation um it's like heavily branded from this like this cool brand in new zealand called les mills okay it's a thing i'll tell you more about it later but basically <clears throat> it was like you could do the cardio version the strength version or the plyometric version and mm -hmm. i'm giving you all this insight because i eventually got certified to teach this specific class okay um, I started taking the class so frequently that one of the instructors was like, you're really good at this. You're always smiling. You're like encouraging people around you. You seem like you're having a great time. Like we need instructors. Why don't you become one? Wow. I was like, oh, sh she doesn't know that I don't pay to be a member here. Like, oh, wow. like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't even go here. I'm not. Supposed I don't to even go that. here. <laughs> and they're like, you should work here. So long story short, that was that. Um, got certified in grit um and then they also needed spin instructors and um and then i started working at another gym and i got trx certified and so it all just kind of was like a natural progression and it was so different than what i was doing like i mean, just remember my parents and my older brother a little bit like disappointed that i was so far into like a serving career like I was a waitress like mm. I don't want to genderize it but like you as it like working in a food mecca like San Francisco and or New York City like 
is really easy to get sucked into the service industry mm-hmm. a because of like the monetary like incentive but also mm-hmm. like it's a culture in and of its own that's really mm-hmm. beautiful and you learn a lot and like the industry you know what I mean like you want to make those friends you want to have those connections and like I was so far immersed into that that I did not know what else I was going to do mm-hmm. I worked at a bank for like a year and I was like this is not it like I am not about to do this every day for the rest of my life yeah and so um fitness seemed to be this strange door that I never saw in the distance but once it was open I was like oh this makes sense like I can still serve people in a way. I'm still teaching people. Um, and then like fast forward to late, later years in New York, I then got nutrition certified. And so I'm still pulling in this like food aspect. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was uh, probably around my mid twenties in, in San Francisco when I was like, I can do this. And like, I think I can make this a career and, and do this like wow. full time. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. All right, yeah. so walk me through. Well, what what about these group classes drew you in the most? Like, was it being challenged? Was it just because it was something new? Did you like the culture, the people, the gym itself? Like, what about that? Though taking those classes drew you in from the get go. Um. Yeah, that's that's a really great question. I think. Uh, group fitness, at least in the the way that I experienced it in San Francisco at UCSF, um, similar to running and the running community now, they bring you in such proximity to people that you would never otherwise engage with Mm. and do something like so intimate. And I don't mean that in like a sensual way. I mean it in the most like carnal, primal, like, tribal way Mm -hmm. like you are partaking in the same physical act and you draw energy from one another or you pour energy into one another and I just like I I, I mentioned this like in my running trajectory as well but like I, I have these identity struggles like constantly and I think it's really really beautiful to be able to find yourself in a group of people that can Mm -hmm. represent and reflect who you didn't know you are, or maybe who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so like, <clears throat> again, first generation Latina, first girl in my family to go to college. Um, like, oh, I'm, congratulations. In, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm in the studio with these like, cardiologists and brain surgeons, and they're all looking at me because I can do a tough jump higher than them, or like, get through 17 burpees faster than them. And it was the like, first time where I was like, felt really proud. Mm-hmm. of something that I was able to do and like it becomes a bit addictive you're like oh I'm good at this and like people also take notice that I'm decent at this and I want to do it more and I want to do it better mm-hmm. and faster um but like it, it was definitely the the community because mm-hmm. it's just like being engaged with a group of people like that like there's just nothing like it mm. you know something that comes to mind is that that expression uh, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. And I'm like yeah. that, I think that is so relevant. And especially as you talk about like your experience into group classes and then how it's, how it translates over to the running community, especially here in New York city, when uh, listening to you talk and me reflecting internally for myself, that's like, yeah, like being around people like you, the New York city running community and like be calling 
the culture here, my friends and family, like that is what has drawn me to the sport of running and, and why I'm leaning so much into it now. Um, and a part of it is interesting that you say that too, is like you lean into the things that you're good at and what you're passionate about. And if it's like, there's an added benefit, if you just so happen to do it a little bit better than most, you know, but I feel like, like here, especially here in New York city, like there are a, a infinite number of runners that compared to the other millions of people here in this city, like they, they do that, they run and they run well, you know, it doesn't matter how fast or slow you are, how long you can run or short distance. It doesn't really matter. It, it's, it's you're in your own category alone if you call yourself a runner or if you're in the running game if you're in the community you know like the and doctor there's really nothing, like there's nothing like it uh, i mean mm -hmm. maybe like run them crew in like london but like there is i've never seen anything like this mm -hmm. ever and like new york is so like widespread and diverse and the fact that it like takes on its own entity and any borough and even different pockets in each borough. Mm -hmm. It's just like the, it's a wild culture that mm -hmm. I never knew existed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it is really the melting pot of cultures, but also like what bridges the gaps between differences or communities or bridging the community, bringing the community together is the sport of running in this right. melting pot that is New York city. And I like, that is so cool to me. Right. What what drew what brought you from San Francisco to New York City? Walk me through that move. Um, so that is again kind of an anticlimactic story. Um, I had been in San Francisco for twelve years. Um, I had been pretty established. I was when I left was teaching at UCSF and another facility called HipFit. I was dabbling with the idea of teaching at Barry's when it had first opened there. And I was also baking. So I had this very like regimented schedule. I would do fitness during the weekdays and I would do food on the weekends. Um, and so it was fine and fun. And like all of my friends are there and my family is still in the Bay Area. Um, it was very comfortable, um, but I was starting to get pretty bored. San Francisco is a tiny city and with like, the tech boom, it just got really expensive and really homogenous. And like, I was like, this is not what it was like 10 years ago. And so um, I came to visit New York City um, with my partner at the time who I was living with. And he was more of a creative guy, photographer, videographer, uh, X, Y, and Z, or whatever, at are to the end of it and he did creator, it. yeah just a creator um, in general yeah. creator, exactly and so I could tell that he was also a bit stagnant in San Francisco and so when we came here we had this great time our Airbnb host was like yo you guys are tight have you ever considered moving to New York and I was like it's always been a distant dream but like there's nothing like seems really scary to just uproot your life when I'm like almost 30 and move 3,000 miles across the country. Mm -hmm. But long story short, the dude was like, y'all can move here cheaper than what we were paying for a shoebox apartment in San Francisco. So literally quit everything, had the best going away party with the most pizza ever. Um, like literally threw all of our stuff into the biggest rental car we could find, drove across the country and like, 
crash landed in Brooklyn and here we are now. Never look back. Yeah. Wow. Literally, you know what? Back. That shoot, I might start renting out Airbnbs and just seeing if someone is like, Hey, you're cool. You want to move here? And they might be cheaper than my apartment that I'm in right now. Dude, it's like it's That's so it's so wild how things happen and like I definitely think like if you just like look at like the big pivoting turns in your life and like how they came to be, like for me, like taking that group fitness class and having the instructor be like, you should be an instructor. That was never something I could have dreamt about in my wildest imagination. Like coming to New York and meeting this Airbnb host, like you literally can't write this stuff, you know, like it just happens. Yeah. Um, so when, when did you get, like really involved in running you briefly mentioned it earlier that you're fairly new to the sport um so what yeah like walk me through that like when did you know you wanted to dive to get get into running did was it was there a light bulb moment or was it anticlimactic like you described so many (laughs) other things Uh, like when did you die like yeah when did you start to get really into running as a sport so i moved here in um September of 2018, and then I started working for Berries in December of the same year. So, for people who don't know, what, what is Berries? Oh, okay. Well, you guys, well, Berries, here we go. the is premier, it? the boutique fitness studio. Um, it is literally trademarked the world's greatest workout. Um, started more than 20 years ago in West Hollywood, and it is. Um, a party in a fitness studio and it is split between like treadmill intervals and strength training. Mm. Um, and every day of the week is focuses on a different muscle group and it truly is an experience like no other. And if you've never been, you got to come and you, I'm not even trying to plug berries. Like, yeah, berries, but like you you got to go take berries, but you also got to go take a Sasha Fierce class. I was going to say, you have to take your there class. Is, like this, that's, that's nothing, where it is. That's the mic there drop. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah. Not, no, yeah, not just a berries class, but your class, your berries class. That's what you wanted to say this whole time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I ha- So man, I don't know what it is about those types of classes. I think that'd be really, really fun. I've just never taken one. And maybe, maybe, maybe I need to take one and experience one first before I can say anything about it but yeah i've just like all i do now i just run like i that's it i'm just, I just keep it so simple i just wake up 5 a.m eight miles and i'm done and that's it but that's cool okay so i um, think for someone like yourself though with an athletic background that like spawns so far back into your early childhood like you've already like you have the like the athletic like kind of repertoire mm-hmm. they, like a fitness class I mean don't get me wrong my shit is hard like you're gonna come and I'm gonna kick your ass but like I too I don't like I teach fitness mm-hmm. I like all I do is run a group fitness class and like so do I necessarily want to jump into a class yeah there is definitely a time and a place for it and I work hard and I have a great time but like I like to lift weights by myself. I like to go running by myself because so much of my job is immersed in other people Mm -hmm. that I really enjoy the solitude. Uh, And I feel like maybe because you grew up playing for a team sport, maybe that's just like 
why you enjoy the early mornings alone <laughs> with the miles, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I think, I mean, also, like, I'm pretty integrated in the community now. So, like, I, I run, I, like, have that experience running with groups and with people. And if I'm not pacing, like, leading a group myself, then, yeah, I'm definitely joining in on a workout. And I, I'm, like, immersed around other people. Um, right. So, a big part of running for me is so personal as like a journey, like my own self-discovery to, for me as a, as a newly found runner, a, a totally different athlete than I have ever been in my entire life. Yeah. Um, like the, the, this, I'm still on this journey of self-discovery of me as an athlete, of me as a runner. So like, right. it's very, very personal to me. And then I'm always trying to push those boundaries and those limits and trying to just discover who, like, I think I, in my mind, there's a lot of potential for me that I have that I have untapped as an athlete yeah. and as a runner that I'm trying to figure out like by myself. And it's very much just a personal journey. But um, a part of it too is like, as long as I get for whatever reason, and I'm like, I'm streaking. So I'm running every day. I've, I have been for the past few, like couple of years now, been running eight miles a day for a couple of years. So like that part of it is such a habit similar to waking up, brushing your teeth and making that cup of coffee. Like right. that, the equivalent it's of so that for me. I like I've listened to a couple of your episodes, like with Les and with D Hash, the Goat, um, and like you call it streaking, and like all that comes to mind is that line in like old school with Will Ferrell. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. We're going streaking, so you're like, do you are you are you streaking? And I'm like, yeah. Is he talking about running naked, like what yep. is he? every that every 5 a.m eight miles i'm out there naked running these streets no wonder you gotta go to hoboken because you did that shit in yeah. New York. get out of here oh wow that's, that's really insane funny. that's insane um so i i i am just I, yeah i'm running every day i'm just gonna refer to it as got that it, now um understood <laughs> yeah no and then but it's just a great way to start my day like i still um yeah like again it, it's it's as natural and as uh so much of a habit and part of my morning tradition to just to get out and run and then yeah. like now it used to take me a little bit longer but i can dedicate now i can dedicate the hour or to the hour 15 that's my time. That's my space. Like that's my time away. It's the right. equivalent for someone to meditate or to do yoga oh, yeah. or to do something else. Like that is, it's my moment of blissfulness in the day. And then yeah. it's like, um, you know, like that expression, like, or like making, making your bed every day is like already an, an accomplishment. It's a task checked off that you start your day off right that way. That's the same for me to run, to run and just do a, a basic workout or my minimum workout. And then everything that I do after it is like an added benefit. It's like icing on the cake. If I yeah. do a, another track workout or a group session or you name it. So yeah, but yeah. it's very much like, I love just to get in my own head and like internalize the moment and like be present when I'm out there for that hour and I'm running. So when you go to Brooklyn track club in the morning, you're running eight miles at five and then you're running your ass over to McCarran track. Uh, usually I'll do it after I'll flip it. I'll do it after. So I'll do the track workout. And then after it, I'll do, uh, I'll do my eight miles. Like no okay. matter what, no matter what, That's a yeah, I have to get my eight miles in anything else I do is added is as added benefit, but I just, I will get my eight. I kid you not. There are moments if I have a super early morning, I will run at 3am or 4am. Like I will wake up. Yeah. I'll wake up early I mean, to do it. The, the time doesn't scare me as much as a baker. Like 
that's that we get up so uh, that we can bake your croissant so that you can have it on, on like your 7 a.m. commute. Mm-hmm. So the early hours are like, I'm not, I ain't new to this. I'm true to this, but you could not pay me to get my ass up and go for a run at 5 a.m. I mean, you literally have to peel me out of bed to be at Boys and Girls Track. And Jerry, he's like, we'll be texting like Tuesday night. He's like, okay, cool. Like track starts at 6.30. He's like, all right, I'll see you at 6.57. I'm like, yeah, you know it, coach. I'll see you then. You already know I'm going to be warmed up and ready to go, Uh, but you can't. Like, it's just too much. I think I don't, like a mid-morning workout Mm -hmm. after coffee, I don't need food. I don't eat food before I work out in the morning (laughs) or before I run. Like, it's not my thing. But like, I just want to sleep and I want to pitter patter. I want to like do some random stuff, make my bed, check Instagram, send some wow. emails. The, the important like, stuff. You need to do the important stuff like checking Instagram. I don't do Instagram in bed. I do not do that because oh, okay. that is toxic. I'm like, no, I need my bed for me. Phone goes across the room. Once I've had one cup of coffee, I'll decide. Like I don't even have my notifications turned on for that because it's too distracting. Oh. You know what? My phone will forever be on Do Not Disturb. Oh, hell yeah. I love that. Yep. Like uh, It's funny, as active as I am like the, with the number of things that I do, but how the perception of me on social media, like I'm actually never really on there. I, yeah, post, yeah. I post a lot. I post often, but I go, I'm on post, maybe check a few things for like right. a few minutes, but then my phone is on the desk on the other side of the couch in the kitchen, yeah. it's away from me. And like, I don't, I'm never really on my phone throughout the day. Unless it's a I'm- little narcissistic of us, but like, people are like, well, you post like on your story all the time. <laughs> Why don't you watch stories? And I'm like, I don't have time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And like, I want to post and I post for me is what I always joke. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think my stories are funny or entertaining or informative or whatever. But like, I do that because I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. But like, I can barely get through a grid, like, because I want to engage, you know, like, oh, yeah. I want to like, like, I want to comment. And like, the stories are just like, if you let them run, they will just run. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that's so passive of an activity that it can be dangerous. I'm mm. like, no, 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 we're not doing that. So I'll say this, I think the way that like my brain operates, like I, I think, and and work really, really, really fast. So like when I'm on social media, like I can, I can skim through like a day, like a day's worth of posts in like a 10 minutes, like 10 minute time frame. So what could take somebody like on social media for three hours, I could probably do it in like 10 minutes. So like, even I think it also is a a product of being a photographer. Like if I have to sort through a thousand photos, I just browse through them. Like I scroll through them so quickly that the only thing like, what will draw my attention for a fraction of a second more than the previous photo that's the one that i'm going to select to to post or to edit like that's the that's the money maker photo so like to browse through a thousand photos then i have to sort it down to 500 then sort it down to 200 then to 100 then to select 50 that's the process and it's like i can do that so rapid fire but it's it depends on what draws my attention for a fraction of a second more than the photo before and that translates over into like browsing social media is like I, I'll see your name and I know it's your post and I know that this is like for an example this is the Chicago Marathon a New York, New York City Marathon post this is right. your snippet this is your this is your caption why it's relevant all of that will will translate and engage with me in like in seconds oh, yeah, um, 
I can like it, comment, engage, and then go on to the next thing. But again, it sounds more, I'm like hyper observant too. So again, it just happens really, really fast. And then I, I'm able to just do something. I can like be engaged and like see, like get updated with my family and friends on social media in a yeah. short amount of time. That's pretty impressive, like how streamlined it is for you because you're a photographer. So I imagine that the amount of content that you have is probably overwhelming. Mm. But like, yeah, I remember going on that run with you with Adidas, like the last 10. And like, you didn't even bring your camera, but you took these six shots on your iPhone and like your turnover was so fast. And <laughs> I always say the same thing about Dave Hash. Like yeah. he literally takes them and they're masterpieces on the, in like, on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Seconds later, <laughs> how? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish so I had I, the well, but I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to reveal the secret sauce, but I will say specifically for Dave, seeing yeah. him work, like when, yeah, being on the other end of photography and the running, being the yeah. runner while he's the photographer at one of uh, the Brooklyn Track Club workouts, watch, yeah. watching him work, and his process of putting up content. I've, I've taken a couple of snippets of how he operates to apply it to myself and maneuver it for me to be able to, to operate a little bit more efficiently. So it's just that's a little learning his process. Real job or like, quote unquote, like that's not even his like moneymaker, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like he yeah, just, yeah. That out of the goodness of his pure little heart, it's Dave Hash, if you're listening, you capture my essence better than anyone. <laughs> All the photographers are fucking fantastic, but like Dave Hash has literally given me some of the best content that is on my grid. My man. And like, I just have the utmost amount of gratitude to him. Yep. Dave Hash, you shout are out. the MVP. <laughs> yep. Shout out to Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he, he is crushing it. I think so. Even the last episode I did with him, if, if you've listened to it or for those who have listened to it, like he is a legend and like i would encourage everyone if you skip if you happen to skip that podcast episode go back and listen to his because he has a story to share for sure and that's I, what he play value too i was like damn i didn't know this dude was a skier and like lacrosse and also mm -hmm. was a smoker mm -hmm. like with like how do you have the lung capacity to run as fast as you do if you were a smoker in a previous life that's wild yep. Yep. Some teasers there. Go ahead and listen to the episode <laughs> if you haven't. Uh, no, it's cool. It's cool. No, but that that is, I mean, that's the sole purpose of what I'm trying to do here is like, I want to share those stories. Um, otherwise that maybe no one has whatever have shared before or people that don't know, now they know. Um, but it's just such a cool element to talking to like, just having this as a platform. Um, but uh, I, I was losing my thought process. Um, we were talking about social media, yeah, we were going off on a few tangents. Is that right? No, no, that's cool. So, Protect okay, because cash and then yeah. Dave. Oh, yeah. So that, that's it. Shout out to him. Um, yeah. and th so I want to note that yeah, it's like my perception of him has always been the photographer because right. when I was in Florida all of last year or most of last year and before I moved back to New York early this year, he was the guy in my mind. He was the photographer that was killing right. the game, like in the game, in the mix. And I was, and then it was such a pleasure to come and like meet him in person and then be able to work alongside him do you fast forward to today um right all right so we can we can start to wrap this up but um i want to know i think we were touching on what drew you in to running culture and diving into running um so yeah like when when again when did you know that that was your next pursuit and you wanted to train for marathons you wanted to join 
um, Goldfinger, Brooklyn Track, the number of groups. Like, when did you when did you want to immerse yourself in the culture and get really serious or more um, dedicated into running? Um. <clears throat> so in like late 2018, um, yeah, 2018, maybe 2019. I think 2019. Sorry. <clears throat> and um, I was working for Barry's and. I had met these like in like amazing female instructors. Um, I'll shout them out: Amber, Lindsay, Amanda Asaro. Just these like really, really cool, down to earth like females who are fit as fuck and also runners. And like, I just like had no no idea. Like besides running on the treadmill, which I was doing and I was doing frequently and like decently fast. Um, I wasn't really running outside. And so I signed up for the Brooklyn half marathon and was going to train with my friend, Amanda, who is insanely fast, like collegiate runner, like just hit her PR for a 5k at 1705. Like mm. she that's, runs for a central park, uh, track team, uh, track club, whatever. Um, but anyway, so that was like the impetus to start. And then, um, Obviously, when we had way more time to ourselves and we were at home, I was like, let me just continue to run. My mar my half marathon got delayed or canceled, but I was like, you know what? I'm still going to try to hit that distance on my own without the race. Um, so yeah, fast forward to that. Um, I went to a running to protest in the middle of summer 2019 mm -hmm. and I met um coffee of running to protest I met Jerry um I suppose I should just pause this briefly and say Ty from Rage and Release who is also on um the New York City campaign um him and I have been friends since the jump like he started taking my Barry's class like years ago and then I started running with Rage and Release like in the summer of like it must have been like late 2018, I think, or maybe like early 2019. Um, but like started running with them. And like, that was how I first found out about like community or group running. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, but then I was like, okay, I want to like do a race. So that was in mm -hmm. the half situation. Anyway, so uh, 2019, maybe it's summer 2020. Yeah, summer 2020 rather. Running to protest, I meet Jerry. Um, I'm teaching classes at McCarran Track. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing like these outdoor group circuit classes. Um, you know what, hold on, let me, wait, wait, let me think about, all right, no, no, yeah. keep, keep going on your train of thought. So you were you were doing McCarran training sessions. Um, yeah. And that's when you met a number of people, Ty, right. Jerry. Yeah, so like, Jerry, yeah. Jerry started hosting these open sessions at McCarran Track on Wednesday nights. Goldfinger so after, Track Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not with Brooklyn Track Club, no. Mm -hmm. No, Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Oh, yeah, sorry, my bad. Um, and so one day he was like, you got to come. And I was like, all right, if I, you know, if I have time after my class, like I'll stay and I'll do it. And so uh, I was like, I think it was October 28th. 2020 to the day yeah. to the day well i know it's special in my heart because it was the first day i met thomas so uh, okay. <laughs> it was okay. the first day we both oh, went to the ftc oh, there we go. 
I'm sure people who who are listening to this or will listen to this will know who co cap no cap is. So mm. um, anyway, so yeah, it was that day, and I was like, literally, didn't even know what 400 meters was. I was like, how many laps do you want me to do, and wow. how long do I get to stop after? <laughs> like, I was yeah. that annoying person, and like King Zoo was there, and Dave Hall, and like all these like really incredible people who are like super important to my life now. Mm -hmm. It's wild to think back on that specific evening. Like Jerry was having like a shoe donation drive. And I, <laughs> because I was teaching classes would like bring like kettlebells and dumbbells and like all these weights and shit. And I would like take a car back and forth. So he ended up with more shoes than he thought he was going to get. And I like offered to like bring them with me in the car. And I like to this day, remember like Jerry left all of those stinky ass shoes with me at my apartment for like months. I was like, we got to get these things out of here, Jerry. <laughs> anyway. So that was like the first time. And like, basically was like addicted after that. I was just mm -hmm. like, okay, this is like this speed work. This is different than like, cause I had been running quite a bit on my own and yeah. like, gradually getting faster, gradually going longer. But again, with very little help from like an actual structured workout, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. You know what? If, if, if I learned anything about you, it's like, man, is you, you have the ability to not just pick up things quickly, but like you find yourself in circumstances where you're learning, you're learning something new every day. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. One day you did you like one 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 day your friend took you to work out in a gym and then you went on to be to teach a number of classes and get certified in training and and do a number of different things. Then yeah. one time you went out for a run around the lake in college and then all of a sudden you're running in New York, immersing yourself in New York City like running culture. You do one track workout and then you're co-captain and leading some workouts and then all of you you do you train probably for a distance and now you're doing half marathons and marathons. So like you have the ability to just get right in like dive head first into a number of different things and i think that is so cool wow, um, thank you. Huh. yeah yeah i mean I, I think so i think like it was just it's really interesting to be like i'm a little bit older or what i consider a little bit older than like the folks that we run with mm -hmm. and so like being an athlete and being like in charge and in tune and able to manipulate your own body mm. is something so foreign to me. And it's one of the most basic privileges that we have. And mm -hmm. like, you can move your body. Why wouldn't you want to move it the fastest, the best, and the, like, you know, the strongest mm -hmm. way possible? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. You know what? All right. Let's, let's wrap this up. This was so great. Thank you for taking the time. It was a pleasure yeah. to have you on the show. Um, honestly, we didn't even touch on a number of different topics that I think we could have covered. It, we went on a while. Like <laughs> uh, we went, yeah, we went in so many different directions, which I think is great. And I, I would love, you know what? I'm definitely going to bring you back on. Like this is, okay. has been great. I think we could, again, talk about a number of different things. And I feel like we would have an endless amount of topics to, to really talk about um but yeah thank you so much for taking the time this was great Dude, um, thank you for inviting me on it's been an honor i love to chat we can talk about pizza all day long yeah next episode for sure sasha yeah. sasha fierce pizza kind of sore 
episode yeah, two, next episode coming up um <laughs> all right well thank you again uh stay tuned more to come as always stay for the stories thanks <laughs>